Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In The Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one, Joel Linton correspondent. It's Mr. Michael Breslin. Hello, everybody. And um, no David Harris this week. He heard that it was the 1 to 20 episode, and he is like, that's 20 predictions I've got to make in a row. That's 20 predictions I'll get wrong in a row. Um, But... What this podcast is, is we're going to, me and Mike are going to sort of go through all 20 positions of the Premier League and try and guess who's finishing where. It's a thankless task and we will probably get it wrong. We've also got Dave's predictions, so we'll be using them as tiebreakers where necessary. Um, looking at last year, Mike, um, we managed to correctly predict three places, which were City in first, um, Everton in tenth. And Brighton, not Brighton, where, who was it? West Brom. West Brom in 19th. Um, when you add up all, all the other places, we were out by 68 places in total. <laughs> that doesn't seem very good to me. No, no, but what you've got to consider is well, there are a few of them where we got it really, really wrong. Like um, we had West Ham finishing in 17th and of course they finished in 6th and we had um Villa finishing in 18th and of course they finished 11th some of the some of the shockers Sheffield United too being a particular shocker but they were all defensible i feel like yeah i, I think so uh Sheffield United as well Southampton we were out by 6 and Burnley out by 6 yeah there's a few in Wolves as well yeah all defensible, I think. I think they made sense at the time. But I think they podcast ages over the next year. Yeah, let me. Here's one for you. One positional age pretty well. I think the rest of them won't. <laughs> um, so let's um, let's start like Dave always says and start at the bottom. Um, so, Mike, he's not here to dispute that. But um, who have you got for coming in twentieth? Oh, we start at the bottom. Okay. We're gonna start at the bottom. Uh, I have I've got one of the promoted sides, I'm sure it won't shock anyone. I've gone for Watford bottom. Um <clears throat> we were talking about this beforehand, and I think there's five or six teams that could fairly easily yeah. go down here. Three of them are the promoted teams, as you might expect. Yeah. Uh I picked Watford. They were pretty good second half of last season in the championship, but I worry again. They just seem to have a, a bloated squad coming up. Yeah. Um, the manager obviously is, is untested at this level, although did a decent job turning the things around and actually getting them promoted last year. Watford will be an interesting one. I have a feeling it's going to be a tough season for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got them bottom. Interesting Spurs, so we'll gloss over that. <laughs> Where have you gone for bottom? Uh, I've gone for Norwich. Um, just quickly on Watford, though. I'll, I've got them finishing. I've got them finishing fifteenth, but that is more because have I got them finishing fifteenth? No, Dave's got them finishing fifteenth. Where have I got them? You got sixteenth. Sixteenth, so not too far off. Um, the reason why I've got them slightly higher is because I think the team there are teams below them with less quality. Like when I when I think about when I think about promoted sides and what gets them relegated, I always I was thinking back to Fulham last year and there was a lack of goals. Whereas 
I looked at Watford squad and I saw Josh King and I saw Ismail Assar and I thought there's a bit of talent there. Um, what I do worry about with with Watford is more just does the manager see the first month out if he has a few bad results? That's a good point. That kind of thing. So I I feel very confident in that they're going to struggle, but as to how much they struggle, I don't know. But speaking of things, I feel very confident about Mike. Norwich are going down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got Norwich surviving actually. No, but going down. You that they're going down. So, my my thing with them is, last time they're in the Premier League, from my perspective, only two players performed well: Wendier and Todd Cantwell. And last year in their promotion campaign, Todd Cantwell very good, Wendier excellent. Wendier, of course, no longer there. Yeah, that is a worry. Um... I do think it's a slightly different Norwich team. The reason I've got them a bit higher, they can still score goals, but they're a lot better at the back. Um, mm. They were last year, although it is a bit of a concern when Grant Hanley is your captain. Uh, yeah. that, that would worry me in the Premier League. Um, yeah. But I, th- I do think they'll be a bit better at the back. You've got still Max Aarons is there. They've got uh, Billy Gilmore in on loan as well. Which Now, Billy G. That, that looks a good bit of business. Yeah, that's a good bit of business. D- the thing is with Norwich, they have to earn... A lot of my 1-20 to 20 is about earning my trust. I've got some teams in places that shouldn't be in where they are because they've earned my trust. But I just don't trust Daniel Fark. I don't trust him. Like I don't trust him to turn around and shut up shop in some of the games. I think they opened the season against Liverpool. And if you told me that they went and played gung-ho against Liverpool and lost 7-0, I would not be shocked. It could easily be like a four-two loss, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And this is this is the problem with Norwich all, all over. Like last time we we sort they sort of came up at the start and we're like, oh, they're pretty good. At least they're having a go, and everyone sort of liked them as the neutral. And then Pookie stopped scoring, and it was all over for them. Yeah, I do hope it's not going to all be on Pookie again. He's obviously two years older than the last time. Well, a year older than the last time we saw him in the prem. Mm. Um, That'll be interesting. There are other options up top. Uh, Adam Ida, who I think is quite mm-hmm. a young player. Yeah, he's 20. And then Jordan Hugill, who I don't think is going to set the Premier League alive. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how, that, how badly that ages. But um, obviously, you've got Campwell still there, like like we were saying. And Wendia is a big miss. But I think they'll be a bit more solid this time. Mm-hmm. We'll see how many more they can see. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually a little better than they were last year, and I think they might just survive. But I think on the in and around one to twenty, they're going down. So they're they're in the relegation because of both me and Dave have got Norwich in the relegation zone. So they're probably in the relegation zone. Um, yeah. Regardless. So, but we'll just figure out as to where we'll put them. Um, another team that both me and Dave have got in the relegation zone. You've got a little bit higher. Is Brentford? How are you feeling about Brentford? Yeah, I've got Brentford. Uh, one place out. Partly, I just like Brentford, so I quite like them to survive, which is partly my thinking here. Um, <laughs> I think Tony's going to score some goals. Yeah, He's obviously huge for uh, for a promoted side. They, I don't think they're going to be as good as Le- as Leeds were when they came up, um, or Wolves, but they could they could cause a bit of surprise. I think, and Buemo, I really like. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Out there on the right, 
they've got some players you'll have seen at the Euros, Norgard, um, for Denmark, and what was the other guy? Matthias Jensen, although he's out injured. I think they're just quite solid over the, all over the pitch. It'll be interesting to see how they translate, obviously, uh, into the Premier League, but they've got quite a decent style. Their pressing is good. Well, it was in the championship. So if they can translate that well, it's good. It, for Brentford and obviously all these teams, it's going to come down to really how they play against the other teams that are around them. So mm-hmm. they've got some big games which they're going to need to win if they're going to survive. There's a good yeah. chance they'll go straight back down. I, Because I have a bit of a soft spot for them, I'm glad they're in the Premier League uh, and they're yeah. finally getting their shot. And I think they are well run. See behind the scenes. I hope they survive. Um, they're going to be a good one to watch, I think. Yeah, I, I, I like the. I think the best chance they have of staying up is Tony. I think if he if he translates his form, he's got something a lot of these other clubs at the bottom are going to struggle with. I think. I think he could be really good. Um, he, his way of taking penalties is bloody brilliant. I love watching it. But I just, I just think you've got you've got too many question marks around the squad. I mean, maybe that's that's kind of a lead situation last year where so many of them just hadn't played in the Premier League, and when they did, they were able to step up. But there's something about they're used to winning every week, except in the playoffs. And how is it going to translate to these players when they? They come up against someone early doors and they get spanked 3-0 by Villa, for example, or something like that. And maybe I'm underselling them, but I just I'm sticking with what I know and I, I just I don't trust them yet. Yeah, they definitely will have to prove it at this level. But I think they can. I do think they can do it. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna obviously they're gonna have to have a lot of good performances, including Tony is gonna have to be like pretty much lights out. I think I think yeah. Tony has to score 15 goals for them to stay up. I think that that's the kind of season he's got to score. So do you think he's going to have that kind of service? I think he can. Mm. They've got a lot of good players, well, at least good championship players. If they can make the step like the Leeds players did, I think they they can get the ball to him. And like I say, I think their style it should be good to watch, and it could well translate quite nicely to the Premier League. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're a really interesting one, I think. So I think a lot of people just expect them to go straight back down, but I don't know if it's that straightforward. So I'm looking at mine and Dave's teams, and Dave's got Southampton to finish 17th. I've got them to finish 18th, but you've got them to finish 13th, which means that they're saved from going down. I think <laughs> in our one. Well, you out one to twenty. Well, it depends how you look at Dave's because are you really counting Spurs as last? In which case they, yeah, in which case they're in the bottom three. Yeah, do you know what? In that case, because that's three of us putting them in the bottom, that's two of us putting them in the bottom three. I think Southampton have to probably go in our bottom three. So that so it would be Brentford, Norwich, Southampton, bottom three. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me talk. Let me tell because you've got them a bit higher. Let me tell you what where I am at with Southampton is. Where the hell are the goals coming from? Where are they coming from? Because Danny Ings is a wonderful... Danny Ings is a very good player. Um, and he's gone. He's walked out. That's that's a lot of production out the door. How are you going to replace that? Do you trust Che Adams to score 
goals. Like obviously he scored a few last year and he seemed to be getting a he's a young lad and he's getting better and he's improving with time. So maybe you think he's gonna do well, but the replacement that Southampton are looking for in terms of bodies up front is they've just gone and signed Armando Broger from Chelsea on loan. If you don't know the name, he played for, he played for Vitesse last year and was the highest scoring teenager in Europe. But come on, that's where you're getting your goals from. Like I mean, I just I, just, I don't think they're going to score enough. They've lost Ryan Bertrand, and it just feels like something's the whole the way the whole Danny Ings thing sort of unveiled in that the players didn't know about it until he was on the pitch. It just it didn't seem that something was right behind the scenes of the club. I mean, they've still got some really good players, but Ings and Bertrand are two big characters to be out the door. And I, I just think how dramatic a, a drop in form they had the back half of last season worries me. And it makes me think it was very much like a, a Bournemouth situation. You know, remember when Bournemouth had that dreadful second half of the season after playing quite well, and then the next season they went down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, that is a good point. Southampton's second half of last season was, I don't know for a fact, but it's it appeared to be relegation form. Mm-hmm. I thought so. Um, the only reason, the reason I've got them a bit higher, uh, they, I think it was earlier today, agreed a fee for Adam Armstrong with Blackburn. If they can get him in, he that guy can score goals, so long as they can get the ball to him. Whether he can do it, enough, and see that. Whether he can do it enough at this level will be interesting to see. But he's been tearing up the championship probably for the last two seasons. Hmm. So, provided they can get the service to him, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, yeah. If they can get that over the line, then you've still got Che Adams in the round. Great podcast. Great podcast. Uh, up there, which who I like as well. He's a good player. He's not going to score you enough goals. You're right when you say that. Um, so if they can get Armstrong over the line, that's interesting. But you're right, it's concerning when key parts of their team for the last few years are kind of just getting picked off and not mm. really. I mean, Armstrong, yeah, for Ings, it's fine. But Ings is, and well, Ings last year of his contract, it seemed like a good deal to sell him at that time. You're getting 25 million. It's that's a good deal. Money. That's yeah. a good business, I'd say. But you're not obviously you're not, you can't replace him like for like, so you're relying on Armstrong to hit the ground running, which is easier said than done. It's fair to say. So it could be, it could be a tough start and get better. I don't know. It's yeah, one. I don't. Talking it through, I don't really know how to feel about it now, because now I've heard about Adam Armstrong, so. I was just scrambling there to try and find some reason why I, I like them more than... <laughs> no, but, I seen this earlier and I was like, yeah. No, but... um, So... I think... I think the league is so chunked at them this year that I think we can justifiably talk about those bottom five positions where I've got, for example, I've got Newcastle, Watford, Burnley... Southampton, Brentford and Norwich. And I know I'm lower on Burnley, but I'm lower on Burnley every year. Dave, for example, has got Watford, Wolves, Southampton, Norwich, Brentford, Spurs. So he doesn't really have Spurs that low. So he's also bringing Burnley into it a little bit. And you've got Norwich, Brentford, Newcastle, Palace and Watford. So 
I'm pretty confident. I'm, I feel fine if we want to put Southampton 16th, for example, and we want to drop Watford in. That's fine with me. So, does that mean all the all the promoted teams are going back down? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, but let's work out where we would put them head to heads, really. So, who do you out of Norwich, Brentford, and Watford? Who do you like the least? A uh, Watford. Uh, Watford for me, yeah. You see, I just but, think well, I think everyone else is against doesn't agree with that, so you can. You see, well, I, 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 I'm going to put I'm going to stick my neck out and go. Norwich are definitely finishing twentieth. I just I can't see it. I'm sorry, lads. Nineteenth, uh, I'm happy for it to be Watford. Yeah. Uh, and then eighteenth, we'll say Brentford. Brentford, and that means that seventeenth is Southampton. I think. Yeah, just surviving. Just surviving. Um, well done, lads. <laughs> they'll be they'll be distraught by that. Um, <laughs> looking at sixteenth, then in the league, um, that's just, that's actually where I've got Watford. So I'm looking here at like Burnley. Um, Dave's got their Dave's got Burnley in fifteenth, and you've got Burnley in fourteenth. So they're probably the next. Ooh. Oh my God! We've all got wolves that low. Oh, sorry, I'm doing some on the fly math. So in 16th for all of us is wolves. Is it really? Yeah, I've got wolves oh, wow. in 13th. Oh wow, I've got them 15th. Okay, yeah, yeah. You've got them in. You've got Dave's got them in. Dave's got them in 17th, and you've got them in 15th. But based off where we've got other players, other teams. Oh no, I've done it wrong. Already, this. Uh, you see, the problem is Dave's got Dave's got Newcastle in twelfth. I've got him in fifteenth. Oh, really I've got them really low. I've got them going down, and Palace going down. By the way, you know what we're you know what we're going to do, Mike? Yeah, but Dave's got Palace really high, which pulls me. You know what we're going to do? This is what we're going to do. Who does he believe in at Palace? In sixteenth, you know who you know who we're, we're putting Newcastle there. Because That's like the most Newcastle position. Ever. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, the reason we're putting Newcastle there... That's where we put them last year as well, yeah. so that's, that's got to be. <sighs> okay, let's talk about why Newcastle are going to be in uh, in 16th. Um, Steve Bruce is still in charge. Yeah. Which means, and for most of last season, they could make a claim for being the, one of the worst teams in the league. Um, give me a good reason. Give me a reason to feel good about Newcastle this season. Okay, well, hopefully there's a couple of hopefully there's going to be a couple of reasons. You've still got Callum Wilson, who can still score goals at this level, despite what I may have said previously on this podcast about him. <laughs> uh, you've got Alanson Maximan; he's fun to watch. He'll be fit for a lot of this season. Right? At times, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, hopefully, half your squad won't get COVID, and and couple of couple of your key players won't suffer with long COVID. So then you've got, yes, yeah, a maximum of the whole season. You've got Almer on, who hopefully could still be decent. Um, mm-hmm. You've got some options in midfield. Jeff Hendricks seems like the most Steve Bruce player. <laughs> Except for George Boyd. <laughs> Apart from Georgie Boyd. <laughs> um, um, it'll be interesting to see who, who starts in goal, actually, for Newcastle, because they've got Freddie Woodman back from his loan at Swansea. He had mm-hmm. quite a good year. Darlow was obviously in there a fair bit last year, and Dubravka currently injured uh, as well. They've got three pretty good goalies there. 
Yeah, Dubravka's really good, but and the fact that he's been injured is a big shame. What I wanted to ask you is, they're going to sign Joe Willock for twenty million. What do you make of that? Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, I like uh, twenty mil seems a bit hefty, but I like. I mean, he had a good second half of the season with them. Part of the reason they finished in twelfth in the end. It's called seven consecutive games from midfield. That was unbelievable. It was. To be honest, I think. I think it but, kind of had to be done. Yeah, uh, it's it's probably a bit of an overpay, but it's one of those where you got to buy him. Like you've got to go and get him, haven't you? After yeah. after that sort of run, and it's worth remembering he's not probably not going to do that again, Newcastle fans. So yeah, <laughs> it was it was great, um, and it's good that he's gone back there. I think it's good for him. He's obviously going to play a bit more than he would have at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty good for the club. It's another option. They used him a lot off the bench, I think. Yeah. Where I'm at with Newcastle, and the reason I I had them in 15th, as opposed to a bit bit lower than you did, um, was just that I think they've just got better players. Like There are teams I had below them, Southampton for one, that I think have got a better manager. And I think are just better, better coach, but they don't have better players than I think Newcastle have. Like Newcastle have a very good goalkeeper. Callum Wilson, like you say, is a good striker. Sam Maximin's ridiculously talented and I think he's I think he's really good. And then they've just got good players all around them. They've got your favourite Jamal Lascelles. Um did, did you end up with him in draft, by the way? I actually didn't this year. Oh shocking. Well I could pick him up though. I've got yeah. some injured players so I could pick yeah. him up. Yeah. And of course um J seven. Well, J7's yeah. in there, so he's always worth a watch. According to transfer marks, uh, he is worth 15.3 million still. So that's he's worth uh, what? Yep, 15.3 million. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, which makes him, in fact, before the Willock transfer, he's worth more than Joe Willock. Just, just for the record, <laughs> makes him their fourth or third. Most valuable player. Fourth most, most valuable player, which is... <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, let's talk about... I think um, working it out in 15th is Wolves. Um, one of the most interesting teams, I think, in the league this year because we've got no idea what to expect from them and Bruno Lage. Lage? 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 Bruno Lage? I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting from Wolves? Uh, not a lot, to be fair. <laughs> uh, Wolves should be interesting. You're right. Obviously, Nuno's gone. We kind of knew what to expect from Nuno's Wolves. We have no real idea what, what this chap's going to be like. Um, Jimenez, obviously a big story over there. He's come back, scored in pre-season, which was nice. It'll be... I hope he has a good season because he was a fantastic striker. He was. He was phenomenal. And if, and if he's that good again, then Wolves could be good again. Um, but they didn't look good at the back at times last year. They've got to tighten that up and they need to be a bit more interesting going forward. The likes of Traore last year was pretty much irrelevant. He can't have it. He can't. Adama Traore cannot have another season like that he can't not a, a player a, 
look, he obviously has talent, but he just he can't have another season like that. He was abysmal last year. Like I mean, they were reliant. They were reliant on Pedro Neto for anything really. Like they were so their, thin up front. The whole thing went through that Neto, didn't it? And I, I do think Neto's really good, but I just. I'm a, I'm just a little worried about them. I'm a little worried about them in midfield too. It's another year for some of those legs. I mean, how's the how's they got a new goalkeeper? I know nothing about. I mean, I didn't particularly rate Patricio by the end, but there's just too many question marks about them. I think like you're gonna go, you're going into another season with Jamatinho in a midfield too, and he was struggling leg wise last year. So how are you gonna how are you gonna cope? He was, yeah, he really did start to struggle late on last season. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like in your notes, they have Samedo, who is dog. That's he is. This I'd is. I'd like to second that statement. He is terrible. Massive problem for them last year was they couldn't find anyone to replace the output of Doherty while retaining like a bit more defensive prowess than a paper bag. Like Samedo, like, I could go past Samedo and I've got no pace. I could go past him like you wouldn't believe. He just, he's just terrible. Um, on a, Ruben Neves is 24. He is 24, yeah. My word. Yeah. Shocking, it isn't it? It like he's been around for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and look up Jaramatinho's age now. Hold on. He's 34. So that kind of makes sense, but he's still mm. probably two years younger than I thought he was. Mm, yeah. Um, interestingly for them, Mike, and I know David wanted me to point this out, they've got Trincao. Uh, yeah. from Barcelona who the Barcelona fans were saying he's really good and would probably like now um, <laughs> they could do with a right winger <laughs> <laughs> suddenly they, they need a right suddenly it's like opened up um, yeah yeah he you, could be fun we'll see what we'll see how he does how high could Wolves go do you reckon well we've seen Wolves be what were they top six seven ish yeah I mean, in theory, they could probably finish eighth and people would be like, oh, yeah, Wolves are back. Yeah. And they could I, also finish bottom and I'd be like, oh, OK. Yeah, no. Wolves weren't good. You see, I feel like I feel like 16th is the the limit for Wolves. I don't feel like they can go any lower. Mm. Mm. I, I think they could. Oh, mm. Surely they can't do worse than that. You're kind of right. Yeah, I just I, I just don't think they can. But anyway, um, Mike, you never guess who's up next. Working uh, it. Is, it, is it Palace or Burnley? Burnley. It's, one of those two. it's Burnley, then followed by Palace. So in 14th, we've got Burnley. Um, I had I had Burnley going down because I'll predict Burnley to go down until they actually go down. Um, <laughs> every year they stay in the league is a, a massive managerial achievement from Sean Dyche. Um, Every year they stay in the league. It's a it's a massive shame. Um, grotty football, no entertainment, and it's a horrible place to go. Um, Mike, why did why should Burnley fans be excited other than the fact that another season of Premier League football gets them out of Burnley? Yeah, you'll probably stay up again. So you'll have a few away days to go. You've brought in <laughs> Wayne Hennessy, who seems like quite a Burnley signing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, that there. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's an ageing squad. Dyche, obviously, every year does what he does, keeps them up. Um, it's not going to be great to watch, is it? But 
they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna graft um and they're gonna take some beating like they do every single week and uh yeah yeah they're just burnley aren't they how much of it is that unlike so many of the clubs below them they're just a well-drilled well-coached side with a good defense who are not going to beat themselves and that's think, why they stay up yeah i think you talk about trust and the, the one thing yeah is that dice will do exactly what you've just said the defense is not really going to give away stupid goals they're going to be in a lot of games with the chance to get points either three or one um and yeah i mean you look at this squad some of these people could comfortably be playing league one football uh-huh. But here they are, surviving every year in the Prem. It's, as you rightly say, it's incredible, to be honest, what they it, do every year. It, honestly, joking apart about Burnley, and I, I, I've, got no love, I've got no love for them, but it is incredible every year. And it is, it is you think about how, um, after one unbelievable season, Chris Wilder was getting all the love in the world with Sheffield United, and this is a comparable job. For just when you consider the longevity of how much Dyche has done in this league, year after year, it is really magnificent. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's hard to say much more about. You know exactly what Burnley are going to be. They're going to be that again. And until either Dyche leaves or burns out, they're probably going to stay up again. So fourteenth seems about right. That's kind of where they finish, isn't it? Yeah, I guess, guess McNeil's the main uh, excitement, to be honest. Get the ball to McNeil and see what he can do with it. Yeah, there are. I mean, I'm looking down the squad list. There's not a lot else going there's, on. There's not a lot else, is there? Um, let's move on, though, Mike, because, again, we're, we're on to another really interesting team. It's Palace. Um, just so you can see the disparity in where we've got them, uh, listeners dave has got palace in 11th with the kind of irrational confidence only a palace super fan could have um it'd probably be right now i've said that mike's got them in 19th and i've got them at 14th my biggest concern with palace mike is this is going to if assuming that Vieira plays the kind of football he played at nice the possession based stuff that's a massive stylistic shift for palace to make isn't it from what Roy had on offer and also a lot of exciting signings but a lot of squad turnover a lot of bedding in that needs to happen with new manager ideals quickly and it just feels a bit there's a it feels like there's real cock-up potential yeah that's kind of where I've gone with my why I've got them so low I've from what I've heard about Vieira I am a bit worried to be honest Mm -hmm. about how this is going to go particularly early on that you they could be in quite a bad position about by Christmas or November or whenever yeah uh, and have a big hole to to get themselves out of now luckily as you say there is some good players coming in the door here really good players that should be able to help them once the syst- they get the system everyone yeah. beds in together but yeah i mean there's been a shocking amount of players leave Palace. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there was a stat of before the end of last season that there was something like 17 first team contracts expiring. Not all of those have left, but a fair amount of them have. Yeah. Eze's injured 
uh, I think out yeah. of the season, that's pretty gutting because I like watching him. Yeah, that's um, one of my big worries, actually, is that what I liked so much about the Eze signing last year and the fact that Eze group firstly and foremost, um, then he got sort of given this opportunity to be as like a secondary creator and it really allowed people not to double off double up on Wilf Sahar. But we talk about trust. The reason I've got them in 14th is pretty much solely Wilf Sahar. I think Wilf Sahar is a really talented player and I think I, I do think he's missed the I don't think he's one of the best I'm not saying he's one of the best in the league, but I do think there's very few players in the league that have such a burden still consistently produce. Um I'd like to say welcome back to my fantasy team for the fourth year running, Wilf Sahar. Let's let's keep this going. But um, I am slightly concerned about goals, though. Um, Benteke particularly no longer being after a contract might hurt them a little bit. <laughs> that is a classic, isn't it? It is. Um, <laughs> Goals-wise, they've got Mateta on loan, which will be interesting to see if how, how many minutes he's going to get and whether he can take the burden a bit off off Benteke and co. They've also brought in Elise, 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 I'm yeah, Elise. from Elise. Reading, uh, who hopefully will take a bit of the burden off Sahara again, like Eze did for him last year, uh, which, I mean, frees them both up to cause a bit of carnage. So there should be service for whoever is up top, which is whether they can get away. Mm. Mm. Well, in the, a couple of other interesting signings too, I don't know if i putting my Chelsea hat on for a minute. Um, I was quite interested when Conor Gallagher decided to go there because he was obviously linked with Leeds but getting Bielsa's trust I think is quite quite the challenge particularly if you're only there for a year so I thought it was interesting that he went there and it kind of shows you the sort of commitment I think they're gonna they're making to playing football um but yeah. he could be a good player for them sorry yeah I was gonna say Gwaihi as well from uh, yeah yeah that's just who I wanted to bring up um because yeah. obviously Gary Cahill's gone and who was a big, yeah, he was past it, but he was a big player for them. But that's an exciting signing to make for your back four. Yeah, that, I didn't realise uh, they'd actually bought him, so that's nice. Yeah, we like not, that, yeah, and they I bought don't... that Joachim Anderson, who we mm. saw, he was at Fulham right last year. Yeah, yeah. And he, now we obviously Fulham went down, etc. They did concede some goals, but he did shore up that defence quite a bit when he came in at Fulham. So yeah, yeah. I mean that's. They're trying to bring in a bit of younger players who are looking a bit towards the future. If it does work out, there may be a bit of a brighter future ahead. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they have got, they've got real potential to pop, haven't they? Like they um, It's another one where the, the, the scope of where they could finish yeah. is wide. Yeah. I think I think 11th that Dave's got them in, and I'm not just saying this because he isn't here, I think that's way too high. I think that's that's their ceiling, even if it goes 100% right, and I just don't think it will. Um, I think they're more likely to finish 19th than they are 11th, is what I would say. But I ju I've got a feeling about them. I've got a feeling about them finishing in that middle zone. So having them in 13th, is, 13th feels a bit high, but looking at the teams below them, I'd, I'd literally maybe only have Wolves above them. Yeah, that's fair. I can understand that. But even so, um, in 12th, Mike, are you ready for the annual tradition? The annual tradition of I don't know if we can do this again. 25 minutes on Brighton, and then we have to run through the rest of the league. You're um, not bother talking about Brighton this time. I've got stuff to say about Brighton, I've got them in 12th. I've no idea why I've got them in 12th. 
<laughs> well, we know. Oh, that's where we're putting them. Let's go. Yeah, I've got them in twelve, and they're actually. Well, I've got them in twelve. Actually. And they're actually twelve, Mike, on our board too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is incredible. I don't know where the goals are coming from. That's the first thing I want to get off bad. Like I, I've written here that they need Mopai to pop. Um, Mopai is more likely to pop someone else in the mouth than he is to, to actually pop on the pitch. But um, obviously, Danny Welbeck's out for that first month, which is which is a problem. Um, that being said, if they were the, possibly the most unlucky team in the league last year. Yeah, I mean, we kept talking about it and talking about it, so we probably yeah. shouldn't do it again. But yeah, I think they've got a good... Well, we know they're decent. They've kept hold of Basuma, which I've no idea how he's still... No up, idea. If I'm honest. Why? I mean, man, you, if you're listening, just just go and buy him. Um, yeah, they've brought in... I'm not going to try and say his name. A guy from RB Leipzig. Okay, I'm going to give it a go. Enoch Mwepu. That's not bad, I don't think. That's a pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. He's a defensive mid. Uh, he's a central midfielder. So if him and Basuma click, that should be pretty nice. Still got Lamptey, who we love. A lot of the defenders are still there. Um, yeah, it's mainly goals. If they can, if they can finish this year, they finish way higher than they did last year, and it's pretty much as simple as that. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. They've they've brought in um that Percy Tau, haven't they? From as well, like well, and they haven't brought him in. He's been out on loan, but I was reading the other day that they had big hopes for him. But then I went and I looked up his his goal scoring record, and I was like, he's not good. Yeah, on uh, on transfer marks, he's, he's listed as everyone else is listed as centre forwards. He's listed as second striker. So oh, okay, yeah, that's quite hilarious. Yeah, uh, and and I mean, they've brought back and and Doni, haven't they? Who? Yeah. A few years ago, like you, you look at these striking options. When Daddy Welbeck's your best bet, that's not good. Well, I was thinking that when you said Welbeck's out for the first month, and that's a big worry. I'm like, oh god, yeah, that's a big worry. Where, where are we here? Yeah, but again, they're going to be hard to beat, and they're going to create so many chances that someone's going to stick one in. Let's let's hope someone manages it this year. It's Aaron Connolly breakout time. Are they a Tammy Abraham away from the Champions League? Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite recurring in and around jokes is that me and you are irrationally excited about Brighton and Dave is not. Oh, they're linked with Odson Edward from Celtic. Well, that's not no, happen, is it? No, but, but I like that. I like that. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they like that a lot, we're redoing this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really, are you? Um, let's move on because otherwise we will be here for hours. Um, let's talk Everton. Obviously Benitez is in there. I've written as my first point, Mike, who fucking cares? Um, Everton are boring to me. Like every year someone says to me, Oh, Everton are going to be good. And every year I say, they're not going to be good. They're never good. When was the last time Everton are good? When Roberto Martinez was there. That's how bad the league was when Everton were last good. Uh, Give me me something to get excited about. Uh, you've still got Calvert-Lewin? Yeah. I think he's that good. He could score 15 goals in the league. And they still finish 11th. <laughs> that, isn't that kind of what happened last year? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, I mean, you look at their signings, Damari Gray, Andros Townsend, um, and Asmir Begovic. Yeah. What, what is the long... What is what the long... Doing? 
What is the long-term ambition at Everton? Like, well, I, thought, I thought it was to get in the Champions League. Now I think it's top-half finish. Yeah. But what's the honestly, what is the long-term strategy at Everton? Because you've watched... Obviously, they lost Ancelotti to Madrid, which isn't ideal, um, given that so many players like Allen and Decore came. But it, honestly, it feels, it feels like they, they look at things with like two years ahead. Like all their signings last year, while they were good, they were all of like an age profile that were, were a bit older. Um, what style of football do Everton play? I don't know. I don't know. And that's actually, that's a good point. Obviously, Ancelotti's left. Yeah. Um, wait, who's their manager? Benitez. Oh, Rafa, yeah. Oh, my God. Facts. Okay, well, here we go. It's going to be an awful watch, Everton fans. It's going to be an awful watch. It's not going to be a fun season. You all hate him. You're probably right. Yeah. So, Everton could be anywhere between 7th and 15th, I think. Um, I'd be shocked if they finished 7th. Well, here's the thing. They're going to be hard to beat because that's what Rafa does. They've got moments of individual quality with Luka Digne and they've got a goal scorer in... um, Calvert-Lewin and if Richarlison finally shows the potential shows the actual talent that Dave always says he does he's, he's going to be a good player but it just won't happen um yeah I think they're going to be fine but like on so I'm about to say something so obviously there's a lot there's the allegations surrounding the club if the if if they're true and the player who has been caught up in the centre of them is gone, that's a big loss for their club too, because he's a productive. He was a, last year. He was a and obviously a deserved loss. He should be going to to jail for what it is they're alleging he's done. If he's guilty, I'm, look at this. I'm covering myself on a legal basis. Yeah. But but that's a big loss, isn't it? No, that is true. He's a good footballer, uh, goal scorer goal. too. Yeah, it, he can create. For Calvert-Lewin, yeah. he can score, yeah. uh, and it will take some replacing for Everton. Um, and with the names that we just read out, who they have brought in, yeah. you're not really—they're not really crying out the production that they might lose if everything is, yeah. as, they say, as is alleged. But Everton are trying to move into a new stadium, and they're signing Andros Townsend. And don't get me wrong, Andros Townsend's a perfectly fine Premier League player, but if Palace weren't going to give him a new contract why is he at Everton it's a good point if you're signing Andros Townsend what is it that you're aiming for yeah what are you trying to do bizarre mid-table Chelsea will lose to them home and away because <laughs> we always do <laughs> um, they're going to be high on our list yeah yeah well well uh, you wait till we get there Mark because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and talk you into a few things Um, so You've got Leeds finishing 10th. I've got Leeds finishing 10th. Dave's got Leeds finishing 6th. Because he's drunk. <laughs> um, so we're going to put Leeds 10th on our table. Um, what have you kind of... Where's your, where are you at with Leeds in this season? What, do you, what are you expecting from them? What's progress for them? Uh, I think if you... I think if they can consolidate on their finish last year, which Which was ninth. ninth. So if you can finish around there again, there's some teams around you getting getting substantially better. 
Uh, obviously, we watched the likes of Phillips at the Euros, who was class. They've got, to be honest, they've got a really good squad. They brought, yeah. they bring in Junior Perpo from Barcelona, Barca, Jack Harrison, uh, permanent from City. That's they're signings you can get on board with, aren't they? Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Jack Harrison. It was important they kept him because he was a really good player for them, and it's nice to have that continuity. Because if you're he, you think if you lose Jack Harrison, you've got to find a replacement for him. That's someone else who's got to get used to Bielsa's mess methods, for example. So I quite like that as a. That's the kind of thing that I always like. I like that that level of just let's just keep it going and keep building. Um, they haven't added perhaps maybe as much as you would expect them to build on a ninth position. Um, but then again. Leads are weird because you don't know. It's hard for me to know where the real weaknesses are. Well, that's the that's the thing. I'm looking at the squad now, and they're they're pretty decent all over the pitch. I mean, you, you might not have thought that when they came up. Yeah. yeah. After a season of watching a lot of these players under Bielsa, you're like, yeah, he's mm. pretty good. Oh, I quite like him. Oh, look, Stuart Dallas. Yeah, we can get on board with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whereas, before, like before last season, you'd have been like Stuart Dallas. Are you joking? You Stuart Dallas. You taking him? You taking him early in draft? What's going on there? Midfielder yeah. this year, thoroughly upsetting. So, I mean, I think you're right. They maybe they maybe haven't added as many as you might think, or a couple, probably a couple more. You'd be pretty happy, but I think I think the ones they have added are good additions. That's yeah. Be interesting. Rafinha. Oh. Woo! That he was doing last season. Oh, look, my word. On, on the wings of the on the wings of the Will Hunt irrational non-Chelsea player loving, it's Harvey Barnes and Rafinha. And I'm glad you brought Rafinha because that guy is a baller. Like he is, I I would pay to watch him play football. I'd pay to watch him train. To be <laughs> honest, he's so good. He's just he, he he can create, he can score, he can finish. He but he is a proper winger. Like, and that's what I, I just love it. I just love him. I think he's amazing. Um, and if I took, I'm going to use it again, Mike. If he pops, ooh, doctor, they could be in for something. Let me tell you. Yeah, what uh, one to watch our boy Bamford continent. See how he does uh, following up that season last year, which was yeah. pretty unbelievable. Yeah. This is my worry. Now, I, everyone knows Patrick Bamford stand over here. I think he's a really good player. Last his conversion rate numbers last year. I'm a little worried about the sustainability of them. And I'm a little worried what that looks like for Leeds if he can't sustain that level of finishing. Yes, I think that I think that's yeah. I think that's the point. Maybe Rodrigo can step up, but I don't know if he's gonna score enough. Yeah. Interesting about Rodrigo, never been prolific, but you'd he, he had a bit of a stop start season last year. You'd expect better yeah. this year, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, so he might get better. Bamford might regress a little bit, and you even out at near enough the same. Even out the aggregate, you never know. Yeah, the, I mean the same concerns still apply for Leeds. That on paper it is not the world's greatest squad, but again they've earned the trust. I think. Yeah, Bielsa's has earned the trust. I feel. How much? How much do you reckon teams figuring them out will? Do you reckon? Do you reckon you can be ready for Bielsa, a Bielsa team? Do you reckon you you can know what to expect? But I. I still think, yeah, you can, you you kind of know what they're going to do, and still, I mean, they did it to City twice, didn't they? They did, yeah. If you if you're doing that to a pet team, 
that's pretty impressive, I'd say. So I, I think, yeah, you can know what's coming and still not be able to cope with how they go about things. Mm. Okay, up next, West Ham. We do not like Leeds. We like we like Bielsa's. You, in fact, I'll, yes. I'll let you know next week if I still like Leeds because yeah. I think Man U start against Leeds. Oh, that is a that is a hell of a game to start with. Yeah, mind you, last year it didn't go so well for you in the first game, and you came all right in the end. True. Um, we've got Palace, by the way. So all the stuff I've said nice about Palace will come back to bite me in the ass. Um, West Ham in ninth. Um. I'm really not I, sure what to do about West Ham. I feel so unconfident with West Ham. I haven't a clue. I haven't a clue. Do you know what really worries me about West Ham? They've got a play in the Europa League. Really worries me. We've seen what that's done to clubs with bigger squads than West Ham. Mm, mm. They haven't really added anyone. Particularly outfielders. They've added Ariola. This Craig Dawson being on permanent and Areola, and that's about it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but like you'd you'd expect yeah. them to really add. I would, yeah, I would have thought they would definitely add more than they have. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Wow, some of the rumours are wild. Yeah, so we're, I guess we're assuming that Ariola is going to be number one. Yeah, I think so. And I think Fabianski did start to show signs of decline. So I, I do think that's a sensible, a sensible so move. Seems, that seems good to me. We, we're yeah. okay with that. The rest of the team looks very similar, as you were saying. Yeah. A year older for some of them. Yeah. And again, we're relying on Antonio for a lot of the goals, probably. Yeah, which which isn't necessarily a problem when you. No, but then, fine, as long as he stays fit. Yeah, and then but that's when you consider the extra game. If yeah, they're if they're not taking the Europa League seriously, you don't need to worry about it really. But if they are taking it seriously, then you do have to factor into the fact that the Thursday Sunday grind breaks teams, doesn't it? It really does. It, it breaks teams with bigger squads than and yeah. West Ham have, and that's. Yeah, you're right. That is a worry. They they really could finish again. They could finish. They could not quite repeat, but get fifteen, close to finishing, or fifteen to seven. Yeah, Man. quite easily. Yeah. Um. I mean, Lingard not ending up at West Ham. Like he he kept them afloat in the second half of the season in terms of being in a really good team. Like he was respond. His run of form was obscene. Yeah. To be fair. I, I, it's kind of a shame for West Ham and for Lingard that he's not going to be back there, to be honest. Or at least at, at this stage, while we're recording, it doesn't look like he's going to be back there. Because he no. wants to find a place at Man U. Um, seems a bit daft. It's, it's kind of like the Willock one. You'd quite, you'd quite like to see him go back there after that. Yeah. 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 And that was a lot of production they got second half of the season. A lot of production. They're going to have to find from somewhere, I guess. So. Of course, they've got Declan Rice. They've got a very good player. Um, Suchek, you'd imagine, is going to be good again. Um, similar to like Ben Rama, hopefully, will be a bit better than he was last year. If they get a good season out of Ben Rama, we could. We could. He's a talent, that guy. 
Martial. Yeah. Um. So. Where do we have them? Ninth. Ninth. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's okay. We've got Villa in eighth. This is quite the turnaround from last year. It's quite the turnaround from last year, but it's also quite high considering that they've just lost one of the best players in the league. Shall I get my concerns with Villa out the way so you can tell me why I'm being an idiot? Yeah. Okay. Well, I might not. I might agree with some of them, but... <laughs> oh, no, you've absolutely got to agree. <laughs> so the, the very first one, very first concern, Mike, is that they've lost Jack Grealish. And not only have they... Not only have they lost one of the best players in the league, they've lost a player who their entire attacking identity was built around. The numbers without Jack Grealish for Aston Villa last year are not pretty. They are not pretty at all. Okay. Second one is just simply, if John McGinn or Douglas Louise get injured, they're gonna they're pretty light in the middle. Because you're gonna be drafting in Marvellous Nakamba. And they've got all these great attacking players. But I'm worried about the base. And then the very final thing is Tyrone Mings is going to become the club captain. Oh, no. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. And you know what that means? He's going to have to play every week. (laughs) That means he's going to play every week, which means it'll be Conter and Mings every week. And I like one of those two, but it's not the bloke with the armband. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. All right, now we can be a bit more positive. Okay, go on. Hopefully. Uh, Ings in. He's going to score some goals as long as he stays fit. We, we already know that. And he's going to get, and luckily he's going to get the service from another couple of transfers that they brought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buendia and Bailey. And they've still got Birch and Traore, who, I mean, I've, I've no idea what. He, he could literally do anything. I've no idea what. <laughs> The most one-footed player in world football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he really is. Uh, you're right about McGinn and Louise. They're obviously they're linked with James Ward Prowse. Although if if yeah. Southampton do that, we might have to revisit what the we've heard the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. I just think it's quite a good squad. They haven't got any European football to worry about, have they? No, no they don't. So that's that's a plus on West Ham. Martinez. I, you would imagine it's going to be good again for them. We like Conser, and they've got Twan Zabian from United on loan, which seems like a fairly smart bit of business. Yeah. Captain Target. They're not bad at the back, as much as I, I'm not huge on Mings. Yeah. To put it politely. So, I don't think they'll be as good defensively as they were last year. Well, and Ollie Watkins is still there. Kind of um, this is my thing about them. I... <laughs> Until they bought Danny Ings, I understood what they were going to be. They were going to play Buendia as a number 10, and they were going to put raw pace all around him. And they were just going to fly. And now they've got Danny Ings, I'm a little bit more confused as to how they're going to play. I think it'll work because talent's talent, but I'm a little confused as to what's going to happen to Watkins because he scored 12 goals, and I know he's not the world's greatest finisher, but... It was a good return for him in his first season. I'd say that's a pretty good return, yeah. Yeah, and I know he can play off the left as he did for Brentford, but I, I just, I think it's a bit weird shifting him out for someone else. But um, Villa were clearly after a striker. Um, 
I've got them. I've got them in ninth. Me and Dave have got them eight. Yeah, and the re- and they are actually they're in they're in eight for us anyway. But the reason I've got them that high is kind of like I just think the talent's going to work itself out. I just think they've got too much talent, and I really like Brendan. I think there's going to. It's it's kind of good that he's not at Norwich now. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think if if you surround him with quality players like Villa's sort of surrounded him with, I think he's he's got a chance to really play some football. And yeah, but again, there's all those concerns about Benningit. Oh, it's horrible. This <sighs> the Villa run eighth. The Villa could be as anywhere far as down as sixteenth. <laughs> I, I don't think they'll be that bad. No, no. Speaking of bad, yeah, it's, it's Nuno Spurs, everybody. It's Nuno Spurs. Uh, now, <laughs> this Actually, is, is, it? Or is it Arsenal? Uh, it's Nuno Spurs because Dave's Dave's got them really low. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where have you got Spurs out of interest? Where did you put them? I think I've got them exactly where we have them, which is seven. Uh, okay. Okay, because I I've got them as being better than Arsenal. Yeah, I've got and, Arsenal ahead of them. Yeah, again for another year, another year in a row. Um, Spurs are one of the most difficult ones to predict because if they keep Kane, I think sixth is the lowest they can be, realistically with Kane and Son. But if they lose Kane, they could they could eleventh is the lowest, I think. I don't know what they're going to do if they lose Kane. No. no. And that's and that's where I think they have. I had to put them below Arsenal because we obviously we don't know, and he may stay, he might go. Mm-hmm. Um, but they keep Son, which is which is huge. He obviously signed a new deal. He's well class. You're looking at the defense. There's not a lot there that. I'm a big fan of at all. They've got that uh, Christian Romero in from Atalanta. He mm-hmm. should be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, and Brian Gillen from Sevilla. <sighs> he could be quite good, but we've kind of already got people in this position. So, Yeah, it's weird. The whole roster construction is weird. They haven't, they haven't fixed... They haven't fixed what they're doing. They haven't fixed any of the glaring problems, really, that they had. Namely, uh, uh, defensively, I like Romero's good for at Atlanta from the limited stuff I saw. But I feel weird buying any at Atlanta players because they are perhaps the weirdest team in world football in that they all just fit into what Gasparini wants to do. So taking Romero out of there and asking him to anchor Spurs' new look defence feels like a bit of a recipe for disaster for me. Mm. Um, you don't like Nuno as an appointment either. No, I really don't like that appointment for Spurs. Why not? It's just, his style of football is just not... It's like... I, Marie, I don't like. It was kind of, and they didn't like that. Mm. They're not going to enjoy this. And he's, it's not like it's Mourinho with that track record where he might win something. <laughs> mm even though it's not the same Mourinho, obviously, as, as before. 
he might win something. This I don't like it at all. But and what it if... was about seventeenth choice by the yeah. <laughs> by the time they got to him. That's 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 a pretty big warning sign, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it either. But playing devil's advocate for a second, is this not a case of that Nuno got Wolves to like sixth, and he's replacing Jimenez with Harry Kane and Adama with Son? Well, Kane might not be there, but oh, yeah. it, but if he is, yeah, maybe. Mm. But he's, mm. he had a while to work with that squad to get what kind of what he wanted out of them was. He's going to yeah. have a summer or part of the summer. Yeah. What he wants out of him. It's hard for any manager. <laughs> what I want out of Sergio Aurier is a rescinded contract. That's what I want out of him. Um, Arsenal, quickly. Talk to me why you think Arsenal are going to be better than Spurs. Um, <laughs> one of the main reasons, actually, is because <laughs> I, I don't particularly like Arsenal either. For the record, but the, one of the main reasons I prefer them is because they're not playing in Europe this year. When yeah, Spurs yeah, have that great. conference league. Uh, that is a big bonus, league form wise. Um, obviously, they've signed Ben White. That hopefully will help them at the back. Yeah, he'll also help on the attacking side, I think, because yeah. he'll. One of Arsenal's problems last year was they just moved the ball so slowly from from back to front, and Ben White can move it a bit quicker through bit quicker vertically, which I think will be a big help. Yeah, that is true. I hope, uh, I'm hoping for fantasy reasons as well that Aubameyang's going to have a, a bit of a bounce back. Mm. Pepe looked good at the end of last year. If he can carry on that sort of form, that yeah. would be very useful. Projecting time. projecting a bit of um, development for Saka and Smith-Rowe too. Yeah, that's a good point. They've obviously, yeah, they've got... Saka was pretty good at the Euros, you would expect. So long as everyone's nice and supportive with him <laughs> when they get back to the grounds, which yeah. I, I'd like to think they will be. Yeah, um, he's a he's a fantastic player. Smith Rowe is going to be good again. Yeah, it should be a decent season. Yeah, casting for Joe Willock, which, like we said, I think that got... for all parties. Parties, party, no pun intended. After you. <laughs> Drop that. He's going to be there as well. He's embedded in now. I think. I think they'll be better. He is injured. He is injured. Do you want to know who did it? One of the Chelsea lads. Come on. Um, But let's. I'm not going to get carried away. I think Arteta has some pretty turgid football. I'm not overly convinced by him. And I think it's a case of Arsenal have got some good players, but they're far away from having a squad better than anyone above them. Um, I do think they should be finishing sixth or seventh. I'm not sure whether they should be finishing above Spurs, but they should. This is this is where as low as really Arsenal should be. They can't have and they can't have another season where they spend most of the the season in the the bottom half before finally shooting up. They were Come dreadful on. last year. Come on. Right. Like they finished well, eighth. I want to talk yeah. positively about Arsenal for once on this podcast. No, no turtlenecks and PR. That's all Arteta's got. That's all he's got. Um. We've got Leicester in fifth. I'm annoyed at Leicester. I'm still angry at Leicester for missing out on the top four. Again. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? I I, I don't think it's talked about enough because obviously Rodgers has done a very good coaching job there to make them into a team that challenges for it. But 
to let it slip now, I mean, you do have to ask questions of Brendan Rodgers because he obviously let it slip with Liverpool. No pun intended, slippy G. I did have to. Um, <laughs> and then he's let it slip two years running with um, Leicester. It, there's something not right there and something that makes me think I'm not tipping you above any of the others, the other four. Yeah, I, don't, I think that is a really good point. And also... Fafana and Evans are going to be injured for a while. Yeah. James Justin too. Justin as well, you're right. Uh, and oh, it looks like Castagna might be out as well. So that is a lot of good defensive players that they are going to be without for some of them not that long. Fafana the whole season. That is a that is a concern because you're getting quite close to playing Philip Benkovic quite early here. That's not really something you want to be doing. You put on the chat earlier, a Marty minute. Question mark. So that was quite funny. Uh, I like like that they got Samari in. He, I think he's going to be an excellent player. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. A TIFO's favourite. Yes, he is a TIFO's favourite. Obviously still got Tielemans. They've kept hold of Ndidi so far, which is good. And your favourite Harvey Barnes, oh, Madison. Harvey Barnes, Hive represent. And then, and then up front's interesting. They brought in Daka. They've also got Ian Nacho, who scored some goals last year, and then Vardy. Yeah, who we know is it? Is he going to tail off? Yeah. So, instant? so up midfield's my midfield and goalkeeper, the keeping position because Casper Schmeichel's fantastic, isn't he? Um, I feel confident with them mid, in midfield. I feel confident. Particularly in central midfield, I think Indy and Tiedemans is a fantastic partnership. Harvey Barnes took a step last year, and if he continues to take a step, he'll be a real star. Um, James Madison's a perfectly good player, but he's a perfectly good player in that even if he leaves for Arsenal, I wouldn't change the positions of Arsenal and Leicester. So there you are. Um, up front is where I'm slightly worried because Ian Acho obviously was a massive reason that they even kept in the fight at the end of last year, but it was the first time we've actually seen this kind of production from him. So kind of like the bat the Bamford thing is he gonna is he gonna keep that going because Jamie Vardy's second half of last season was not good and I don't think you're at the stage now where you can rely Jamie Vardy to play Europa League Premier League and keep that level of production up I just don't think you can rely on it no I think that's a good point so the the striker situation will be an interesting one obviously Dave called Ian Acho a first rounder last week so (laughs) <laughs> but that, but that obviously you could think about uh, and Dak is in that mix as well so. <laughs> I think I've done that <laughs> I mean interestingly we we all agree that Leicester are finishing fifth so they're winning the league um, that's how it works isn't it they're winning the rest of the league anyway <laughs> the other 14 um, so in fourth I think we're actually Dave, Dave disagrees slightly, but we're all pretty agreed on the top four, and we've all got coming in fourth. United. Um, now, <laughs> I actually think this is lower than most people have United. So we talked about chunks earlier. I think United, Liverpool, Chelsea, and City. And now I've now I'm about to say this. Something will happen, which means they aren't. I think they are. I think they have taken a big jump this summer. All of them, I think, have got a distance themselves from the rest of the league. 
yeah, including Leicester. Well, including Leicester. Yeah. I, I think, I think let's uh, talking United in fourth. And we talked about it a bit in last week's podcast. The key thing the others have over them is that Klopp, Tuchel and Pep. Three world-class managers. Oli's a good manager. He's not world-class, though. Pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And then I look at the other three squads and I don't see a single glaring omission position-wise, assuming that the Romelu Lukaku deal goes through, which it looks like it will. United, I still think, desperately need a defensive midfielder. Desperately. Like, Me too. Like, you're going into the first game of the season with McFred. What's going on? It just limits you so much, and that is, it's a tough one when you look at, yeah, you obviously bring in Varane whenever that finally gets made official. You've got Sancho, yeah. Cavani stays. You've got everything covered apart from the holding midfield spot. And if you can get one player who's good enough, a cap, obviously you're not going to get Kante, but yeah. someone like Kante and Didi would be. Even a Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips would have done the job. I was calling for that during big time during the Euros. Calvin mm. <laughs> uh, Phillips would do a perfect job. And then suddenly you freed up another attacking spot for when you're struggling to break down Burnley at, at Turf Moor or whoever but, it is. But look how good, look how good Maguire looked in the Euros when he had proper cover in front of him. Look how good he looked. And he's going to be... He Maguire's really good. He's going to be Varane's a much better player than Lindelof. I mean, that's no disrespect to Lindelof, but he's a much better player, isn't he? Um, Luke Shaw's brilliant on the left. You've got Wan Bissaka, who's a very good defensive right back. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be good defensively. It's just the same question that we had we had last year, which is if team against a low block, are we slightly worried about them? Because I think the Sancho signing alleviates a lot of that because I, I don't think it matters that Wan-Bissaka couldn't cross the road. Um, I think Sancho is that good that, as a creator that he's going to really pop with those ones. Yeah, I think suddenly, yeah, you look at the right side and you think that's actually pretty yeah. good even going forward, even with Wan-Bissaka there. Um, yeah. You're right. I think Sancho makes a huge difference against those teams that are just going to sit back and yeah. try and soak it up. Uh, and if you have Cavani his runs and Sancho mm -hmm. crosses or whatever it might be. They should connect pretty well. It should free up Fernandez a bit more. Yeah. Uh, in theory. Like we were talking about with Zahar earlier. Yeah. So that is a big one for sure. Uh, it will depend obviously when Rashford comes back from injury. Yeah. We'll see how much many minutes Green would get. Yeah. It, we've got some options going forward and Sancho makes us way better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I think they'll be good. I, I just think the I think the other teams above them will be better. Let's move on uh, to yeah. Th I want to say I think we'll be good, but I don't think we're title challengers like some people seem to think we are. I really don't. Mm. Mm. I, I I think in third we've got me and you have got Liverpool. Dave's got Liverpool as being second. I had I I thought it was I was until Lukaku signing. I thought to myself. More of a top toss-up between Chelsea and Liverpool here. Um, I think the thing with Liverpool is they've got maybe the best starting eleven in the league, um, assuming that Thiago's bedded in. Maybe like you've got Van Dijk back, that's that's really good. But you've seen it again this week. Robertson got injured, and the first person that's coming in is Tamiskas, and surely he's going to be good, but he's not of that quality. And unlike the top two, they just don't have the squad for me. They don't have the squad to dip into. Well, agreed. We saw it last year, pretty much. Yeah, 
if, if, if Van Dyke goes down, they've got a little more cover this year, obviously. They're bringing Canate, but you're right. Someone like, yeah, you end up with Simicas now that Robertson's injured. That's, that's nothing like the same threat or offensively or going the other way um, either. You look at the midfield, I think Wijnaldum is a big miss. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Jota should be good. Um, and yeah, you've still, obviously, you've got Firmino, Salah, Mane. Yeah. They're all a year older again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're going to they're gonna be really yeah. good. Yeah. As long as a lot of them stay fit. It, the thing is, like you... Say, it's it's going to be down to which ones of them can yeah. they keep fit. Again, yeah, there's going to be injuries, isn't there? Yeah, the, but the thing is, you think to yourself, if you've got Canate as well to back you up, and you've got Gomez, Canate, and um, Virgil van Dijk there, um, yeah, that, alla- that allows you to put Fabinho and Henderson back into midfield, yeah. and which in turn shores up your midfield and helps you there, which in turn helps you up front. So they're going to be good. And you could tell me they win the league, and I would be like, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, if everyone stays fit, they could challenge for the title. Yeah, it, yeah I mean... They've certainly, we, certainly, we know what to expect from them. It's just a, it's just a, that squad issue, particularly in a season with so many games. Um, second, me and you have got the Chelsea now, Mike. Let me talk to you why we should have the Chelsea first, because I've been talking myself into it all day. But no, honestly, um, I think Chelsea have got the best squad in the league, bar City, and I think yeah. they're closer to having a squad like City than they are to having a squad like Liverpool. I'd say that's fair. I I really like the look of Chelsea this year. Mm. Mm. I really like the look of Chelsea this year. Do you know who I think the Lukaku signing is best for in that Chelsea squad? Timo yeah. Werner. Timo yeah, Werner. That's a good point. Pressure's off his shoulders. He's always played well off a, um, a more physical presence up front. Um yeah, he's really good. I, th- I just think that all those signings that were betting in last year are now bedded in. They're fresh off. You talk about you talk about winning that first trophy. I mean, for this squad, their first trophy was the Champions League. Like you, we have no idea what that's going to do to them. And I think the only worry for them is that they've sort of they've come back a bit late from pre-season and they haven't actually got Lukaku across the line yet. Um, in terms to get it to get a bit of time to gel as a unit, but on paper they probably going to have the best defense in the league. And for the first time since Costa left the club, they've finally got a striker who the last put it this way: the last time Chelsea had a striker of Lukaku's caliber, they won the league. So they're they're going to make no mistake; they should not be finishing lower than third, and they probably shouldn't be finishing lower than second. We're being honest. I agree. I think, well, we saw the difference Tuchel made when he came in. He totally turned the season around, to be honest. Yeah. And when you win the Champions League, the likes, as you say, the likes of Haberts and Werner have had a season to bed in now. The defence is good enough, probably. Monstrous. Monstrous, I think you'll find. You've got, you've got Kante in there. Obviously, we know how good he is. Yeah, J- I think J5, Mike, J5. Yeah, he exists. 
Apparently he's not on pens, which I, I'm kind of sad about. It. You've got to take... No, no, no. I'm sorry. This goes for everyone, except for maybe Bruno Fernandes and Salah. If you've got a striker at your club, they're on pens. That's the rules. Like, especially <laughs> well, when they're... That's just... how it should be, but... Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right about Werner. He showed... I think he had a, quite a good season, to be honest, and that was with him not finishing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, imagine... Imagine what this guy could do if he finishes things. Havertz, I'm excited to watch now. He's a bit more settled. Yeah. You've still got Mount, who's an unbelievable player. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the likes of Pulisic. Yeah, Ziyech. Ziyech. Callum Hudson-Odoi. Bit of a joke, isn't it? Players like these. Like they, they, can legit, they can legitimately... I mean, other than, other than that double six in the middle of the park, that Jorginho Kante pivot, in which they've only, now they've let Gilmore go on loan, they've only really got one or two options there. Other than that, they're stacked practically everywhere yeah. across the squad. But they've got options upon options upon options. Yeah, they're going to be ready to fight on all fronts, I think, this year. The only thing that's stopping them from getting Champions League football is an injury to Mendy, because then they'd have to play Kepa, and I'd rather not play Kepa than... At that point, I'd rather we just forfeit the season. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Although he is my backup keeper on draft, but that's just for the culture. Um, let's talk about City. Now, there's two cities we can talk about here. The city without Harry Kane, I think, is in for a title challenge this year. I think there's. I think Chelsea and Liverpool give him a real go. The city with Harry Kane, I think, win the league with 114 points. <laughs> Yeah, if they get Kane, there's no stopping them. They, you might as well just not bother with the season. <laughs> to be yeah, you might uh, as well. As it stands, you're right. They need, they need a striker, basically. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have one last year. Uh, they had Aguero, but he barely played. They've added. No, that Jack- is true. So they can win the league without adding a striker, still, and that's how good the rest of their team is. Mm. You're right. Yeah, Sorry, I think. I- I wasn't that clear there, but you're absolutely right. They're really interesting in what they're doing with Ferran Torres in pre-season because they've sort of profiled him a bit of a striker. And from what I saw last year when he played there, he looked like a, a nice prospect up front. And um, he's not Harry Kane, but could be another interesting wrinkle for the way they might want to go. But my thing is, this is the, this is the team that walked the title, made the finals of the Champions League, and they've just added a hundred a hundred million pound player. Yeah, it's a bit of a joke, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I'm not really sure where Greenish even fits, and they just buy him anyway. Yeah, well, Sam Lee, the Athletics uh, correspondent, who's been absolutely... I don't know if you've seen it, Mark. He's been boiling the piss of Villa fans all week, and I've loved <laughs> every second of it. He's, like, really rattled them. It's been so good. Um, he says he's expecting Grealish to play kind of like that Iniesta Silver role. So, you know, that that link between, not obviously nowhere near the calibre of these two players, but that link between the two, the front three and the middle three for Guardiola's team. My word. Mm. That's going to be something. That is going to be something. Foden out uh, and De Bruyne out to begin the season and you're still looking at an outrageous starting 11. (laughs) Well, Foden doesn't start for you, I don't think. I mean, that's, that's that's where they could be. Yeah, not not for me anyway. Riyad Mahrez, it's the revenge tour. Here he comes. Mahrez is winning. What you're saying about player of the year? (laughs) There you are. You heard it here first. What you're saying about Ferran Torres, I liked because every time I see him play elsewhere, he's he's a joke. 
Well, it's City's wingers for you, isn't it? Every single time they buy a winger, it takes them a year to get used to Pep's methods, and then all of a sudden, bang, they look really good. Yeah, so, so he could be he could be due a big season. Go and have a look on your fantasies to see who he's playing for. They obviously they kick off against Spurs, which is a bit of an interesting one to start with. But once Riyad Mahrez has put four past. The old pep rotation, but ah, there you go. Killer pep rotation. Um, let's quickly recap where where we are. So, our top four is City in order: City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United. We've got Arsenal. We've got Leicester, Arsenal, and Spurs in fifth, sixth, and seventh, respectively. We've got Villa in eighth, West Ham in ninth, and Leeds rounding out the top ten. Uh, ten. Funnily enough. <laughs> We've got Everton at 11th, we've got Brighton at 12th, Palace at 13th, Burnley at 14th, Wolves at 15th, Newcastle at 16th, 17th, Southampton, 18th, Brentford, 19th, Watford, 20th, Norwich. Mike, which of them do you feel the least confident about? Uh, let's see. I, I don't like Palace 13th, but you kind of taught me around a bit. <laughs> and which one do you feel the most confident about? Well, City are going to win City. the league, I think, yeah. Um, it's a shame that we've got the the three promoted teams as the bottom three, but there you go. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is we've got to be honest, haven't we? It is. got to be honest. Um, that'll do us, Mike. In the meantime, if the people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, it's uh, at Mikey Breson on Twitter. And you can find me at Weren't Seventeen, but please don't. Please instead follow it. Follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including Tumblr. Um, you can also read our thoughts on InAndAroundMedia.com. Mike, the Bang Podcast. Is it coming back? Yep. It, Will it be... It's been renewed for another season. It's been renewed. Will it be back for this Friday? Yeah, we'll have a, an opening weekend episode for you on Friday, so we'll look forward to that. Tipping the Chelsea to beat Crystal Palace, of course. Uh, I doubt it. There won't be much value there. Um, yeah, if you want to follow Dave too, he's at DaveHarris underscore 44 on Twitter, but just stick your head out the window and scream for Cancun and he'll find his way to you. Um, we will see you next week where we'll be probably recapping everything that happened on the opening week of the Premier League season and we might talk about the European Super Cup between Chelsea and Villarreal but only if they win because if they win it's a trophy and if not it's a glorified friendly I like it <laughs> uh, alright enjoy, enjoy the opening weekend everyone yeah have good fun football's back it almost never went away and you can go watch it so if you're you can. About, enjoy that you can see you later